on the lighthouse to change in order for you to work with the devil you have to agree with the devil in order for you to see negativity happen in your life you have to have agreed with the devil about that negativity either in your mind or by the words that you speak 
In order for the word of God as well to work in your life, you have to agree with what the word of God says. You have to say what God says in the situation. If you want to see the, the power of God to manifest in your life, you have to agree with God. The idea is for you to learn from Joshua here and say, God, you are the Lord Sabaoth. I commit my life into your hands, the Lord Sabaoth, and I go forward now based on what I have. And I know that these five stones, because I come against Goliath, in the name of the Lord, these five stones that I have will become mighty weapons in your hands to defeat the enemy. Praise God forevermore. Now, here is today's message. Hello, welcome to church. My name is Davis Bamigboy, and I'm delighted to bring you the word of God this morning. Today we're going to be looking at part 5 of the series we started four weeks ago called Arise, Go Over This Jordan. This word was, these words were given by God to Joshua when he was called to lead the children of Israel to the land of Canaan. Joshua was a man that took over from Moses, the lawgiver, and he was taking over a daunting task. And when he was taking over this daunting task, God gave him these instructions, which we have been looking at, which I think is quite uh, instructive for us as well in, in, in our journey with the Lord. We have been looking at Joshua chapter 1 from verses 1 to verse 9. But last week, we only focused on Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, where the Lord said to Joshua, Be bold and courageous, for I am with you. Be bold and courageous. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Now, we also have been looking at the, the story of David, how he demonstrated courage by killing Goliath in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's been a most profound uh, period of um, exhortation, learning from the Lord about how to uh, demonstrate courage in our own individual lives. So if you walk with me today, I've got a word from the Lord that will help you today. Today we're going to be talk talking about the stone, the stone of grace that killed Goliath. The stone of grace that killed Goliath. It's still part of the same series, Arise, Go Over This Jordan. But today we're going to be talking about this stone that killed Goliath. Praise God. Last time in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, I believe we stopped at verse 47. So I am going to go back and start from there. In 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 17, verse 47, the Bible says, And all of this assembly shall know that the Lord saved not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. The Lord saved not with sword, with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Now, when David made mention of this statement, there are a couple of things that I want to bring out out of this statement in verse 47. The first one is that this assembly shall know that the Lord saved not with sword. When he's talking about here, David is making a boast that says the reason why you will know the victory that God is going to run through me today is so that everybody here will know that God's weapon of destruction is not the same one that human beings use. He's saying here that there's a way in which God works that is different from the way the world works. David here is basically saying, I do, I'm not going into this battle for my own glory. I'm going into this battle for the glory of the Lord so that the world may know 
that the way the, the way our father works is different from the way the world works i'm saying to you right now and no matter what you're going through that god wants you to know that when you get the victory the glory will go to him and him alone praise god and i decree over your life in the name of jesus that even as you watch this there might be bills that need to be paid there might be healing that needs to occur there might be reconciliation that needs to happen that god will bring such things to bear to fruit in your life in such a way that you will look back and say it is only for the lord it's, if not for the lord this wouldn't have happened god will make it so happen for you that when you look back you can only say if it had not been the lord that had been on our side praise god forevermore so david made this statement on the premise that he wanted god to take the glory he wanted God to take the glory. Now, there's a word that David used in verse 47 that says, the Lord saves. The Lord saves. The word Lord there is actually from the Hebrew word Yeshua or the Hebrew word Jehovah or the word that is called Yahweh. And that word actually means the God who keeps covenant. Jehovah is a covenant name of God. Now, an amazing thing here is that when you see the word Jehovah, it is important to understand that Jehovah can stand by itself, but Jehovah can also be a compound name that is, uh, that is compounded by something else. So, for example, if I say Jehovah Shalom, I'm saying the covenant name of God that guarantees peace. If I say Jehovah Rapha, I'm saying the covenant name of God that guarantees healing. So when the when David here said that the that the whole assembly would know that the Lord saves not with sword or with spear, he say he's calling on the name Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord who is mighty in battle, the Lord who is the God of angel armies. This is the one that David was calling at this point in time. David was making a statement about the covenant name of God. Now, let me explain to you what a covenant is. You see, a covenant is an unbroken agreement between two people. Now, but the amazing thing though, that in the new covenant, God made a covenant with himself. God made a covenant with Jesus. So therefore, the reason why we can lay hold on the promises of God is because the covenant that God made with Jesus can never in a million years be broken. So when you say Jehovah Shammah or Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah Sikenu or Jehovah Seboeth, when you make a statement like this and invoking the name of this God, what must be at the back of your mind is that you are calling on the covenant name of God. But that covenant is premised upon what? The covenant that God the Father made with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So the Lord saves not with sword or spear he's saying the covenant name of god who saves jehovah Sabaoth, jehovah Sabaoth is the one who saves not with sword not with spear why because he's the god of battles the bible said the battle is the lord's the battle is the Lord's and God saves not with the weapon of humans god saves only with god, god saves we use the using the hosts of heaven using the hosts of the earth using heavenly bodies to even fight for you i pray for you that god almighty will fight your battle for you in the name of jesus so when david called this covenant name of god 
is bearing to bear the power of the name of Jesus. David in essence is saying, I wrote something here in, in my notes I'm going to read. David in essence is saying this, Jehovah Sabaoth does not save or deliver with a dependence on human contraption or the wisdom of men. The battle belongs to God. Everything needed in this battle is in the hands of the God who makes all things beautiful and he has already given me victory. This truth that I just shared here is also echoed in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 5. The Bible says, For God intended that your faith and my faith should not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. What does this mean for you? What does this mean for you? You know, faith is the vehicle through which we have victory in this life. The Bible says our faith is the victory that gives us victory in this life. But God does not want your faith to be based on the wisdom of men. Let me give you an example of basing your faith on the wisdom of men. You know, in the UK where I live, I know there are some people when it is when the pollens are coming from trees and, and naturally because of the pollens being released, people are susceptible to, uh, to the flu. And during this period, a believer could also walk around and say, oh, it's flu season, so I expect to get flu, to get a flu. Now, because you have accepted this mindset, this wisdom of man, trust me, you can get, you're going to get a flu. Why? Because you embrace the mindset. But God says, your faith should not be on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. There could be flu season going on around your neighborhood and it won't touch you. Why? It's a matter of what you believe. Do you believe that Jehovah is able to keep you and protect you even when there's a pandemic going on? Why? Of course, he's able to keep you. Why? Because the Lord says, do not depend on the wisdom of men. Praise God forevermore. Let me also give you another example. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 5 says, For God intended that our faith should not be based on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Okay? Another example here is, let's say you're looking for a job. And you go in the newspaper and they said, uh, because of the pandemic, a lot of people are being laid off and there's no job in the market. And you, you, you want to apply for the work. You go onto the job board and you're saying to yourself at the back of your mind, but there's no job in the market. I read yesterday in the newspaper that there's no job in the market. Because that is the, that is the words that you are saying to yourself inside of yourself. You are not allowing God to move mightily in your hands. Let me tell you something prophetically here. God is able to create a job for you that's got your name on it. In fact, as I speak right now, I say to you, there's a job that's got your name on it. That, that job has got your name on it before you showed up. And God is asking me to tell you, don't think like the world. The world system thinks. Think the way I think. Think God's thought after him. Think the way God thinks in every situation. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, so I want to go now into... First Samuel chapter 17, verse 48. I'm going to be reading through, stepping through that onto verse 51. Uh, okay, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to be covering today. All right, praise God. So in First Samuel chapter 17, verse 48, the Bible says, And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hasted and ran towards the army of to meet the Philistine. In another transition, he says, As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Now, what does this tell us? This tells us something profound that says, David hasted 
and run towards Goliath. Here we learn to move quickly towards our goal. Don't procrastinate. What is it that you've told yourself, I am going to do this year? You put them on the, on the list, right, of what you want to do, but you haven't done anything about them. You haven't moved towards the goal. But you sort of wish, oh, by one wish luck is just going to happen. God has asked me to tell you, take action. When you have faith, remember, when you have faith, you must act. Faith is released by words, but faith is also proved by the work that we do. So if I say I have faith and I believe that it has been done, I must act in a way that suggests it has been done. There was a time, let me show you something that will help you to, to contextualize this. There was a time I was looking for work, all right? And when, when I got the job or when they made me an offer on the phone, there is a way I felt inside compared to when I haven't received that offer, even though I've gone for an interview. God then told me one day, God said, the way you should have felt is the way you felt when you got that offer. From the, the, the moment you prayed and you believed that I've answered your prayer, you should feel the same way you felt when you, when you got that offer. The way you felt inside when you got the offer is what you should have felt when you prayed and you heard that I, and you believed that I've given you the work. So what that is saying is that in Mark 11, chapter 24, the Bible says, believe, when you pray, believe you have received, then you are going to have it. So that is, the Bible is basically saying, in order for you to receive it, you must believe you have it first when you pray before it manifests in the physical. So don't put faith to the future. Put it to the now. Now, therefore, if I know that I have received it, there is a way I will carry myself. You know, when I got, I had a, when I got the offer, and I, they told me, oh, you got a job. Even though I have not received a dollar or a pound from that job, I already started to plan in my head how I'm going to spend the money, what I'm going to use the money to do. I, it, is, it is as if I already had the money in my pocket, even though I don't have the money in my pocket. That is the way God wants you to act. Praise God. So when we talk about acting towards the goal, don't keep it onto the future. If you truly believe that God has put a goal in your heart and has asked you to go ahead and do it, then start to act it out. No, don't procrastinate. Remember, if you wait until there is a perfect wind, you may not never set sail on that journey. You may have caught yourself saying this, oh, I will do it tomorrow, or I will do it someday. The truth of the matter is, there's no such thing as someday in the, in, the, in the day of the week, I've, I've tried to look for some day, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I couldn't find it. I only found Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's no day called someday in in, in, it, in in our days, is it? So, therefore, someday will never happen, right? Someday will never happen. So, God says, take action. Procrastination really is another form of laziness. I'm guilty of it. You probably are guilty of it. But when we procrastinate, guess what we're doing? We're being lazy. What does that really mean? Let me give, show you an example. If you want to do something and you start to go through in your mind the different, the different reasons why that thing will not work, guess what you're doing? You're painting in your heart pictures of what? Of failure. Now, here's something that I want to say clearly. The human mind is programmed to run away from pain and run towards pleasure. The human mind is programmed to run away from pain and run towards pleasure. Now, if I want to do something and I start to, and I start to paint pictures of failure, pictures of the kind of pain I'm going to experience before I get that thing, 
guess what's going to happen my mind will begin to shrink and want to run away from it and then i'll find that i'll start com coming up with excuses and i will not progress to do that which i want to do that's the reason why god wants you to paint a picture of hope when god comes to you and when he gives you a vision god does not paint pictures of of the pain of challenges that you're going to go through no god gives you pictures of hope even when you are terrified right now you know the words that god will say to you god will say to you fear not god always wants you to put your attention on the hope of what some good things that are going to happen in your life you know in the book of joshua chapter one that we read earlier joshua chapter one in in verse six to, to nine god says something there to joshua god said to him for you will cause these people to go across this jordan god told him that god gave him a word of hope god painted a picture of hope in his heart and when he was taking the baton from from moses to say look you you are going to make them to inherit this land you are going to make them to inherit the land god didn't tell joshua about the battles he was going to fight god never told him that he was going to have fight the battles with the amalekites he was going to fight battle at ai he was going to fight battle at, uh, at with the gibeonites god never told him all the battles he was going to fight the battle with the philistine god didn't tell joshua that you know why because those things if god were to tell him those things joshua would never he would never move forward he would be so petrified but god painted picture that say you will cause them to inherit this why god gives you a vision first and as you go along the way god wants you to depend on him benjamin franklin says this don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today that is a good advice to live by whatever you think you can do today just get on with it don't wait until the right time or i'll do it tomorrow i'll do it next time you know okay so other thing i want to say is that when you commit the actions now you take action towards your goal when you commit that into the hand of god there will be the actions of god himself not your actions let's look at verse 49 so david ran towards goliath david did not stay back david ran towards goliath then david did something in verse 49 david put his hands in his bag and took there a stone, he slung it, and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. Now, let's talk about this for a moment. For those of you who are physics geeks, you know, when, 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 when motion comes, when force goes like this, and force is coming against something, the force is meant to push something back, right? So, you think, think about it, two, two cars colliding. If two cars had, had if the two cars have an head-on collision and they collided like this, there has to be a pushing back a bit, right? So which means that when the when the stone is coming from the stone is coming from the um, the sling of David and hits the Goliath on his forehead, he is meant to move back and fall backward. But Goliath did the opposite; he fell flat forward why is that today i want to talk to you about the stone the great stone that killed goliath praise god this is something that god showed me today that i was so excited about it the grace stone that killed goliath the grace stone that killed goliath praise god you see the stone that killed goliath was taken from the brook when we take a step back to verse 40 the bible says and david took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag which he had even in a scrip and a sling one is in his hand and he drew near the philistine <laughs> praise god i'm so excited to talk about this 
I have to calm myself down. Okay? Now listen to this very carefully. Do you, do you remember the picture that we saw in the camp in the beginning of this uh, first summer chapter 17? When David was sent there to go and bring um, you know, provisions for his brother that were soldiers and there was so much terror in the camp, so much fear in the camp. In fact, the Bible recorded that for 40 days, this Goliath has been tormenting the children of God and he's been blaspheming the name of our God. Now, David came in there and began to ask questions. There was terror in the camp. But what did David do? David, after David left, Goliath, left Saul and began to walk towards Goliath, the first thing that David did, after boasting in the name of the Lord, after eulogizing God about what God has done for him in the past, after allowing his mouth to proclaim the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God, the thing that David did was that he went to the brook to pick up five stones. What is the brook? The brook is a place of contemplation, a place of meditation, a place where you can rest your soul. The brook is a place where God can feed you. In 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 4, when Elijah was facing a drought situation in Israel, God took him to the brook Cherith to go and feed him there. Well, while other people were going through drought, drought season, and they were going through challenges, God was feeding Elijah in the brook. The brook is a place where you get fed. The brook is a place where the thirsty can quench their souls. In Psalm 42 verse 1, the Bible says, as the deer pants after the brooks, so my heart pants after you. So there's a simile here. As the deer pants after the brooks, so my soul pants after you. So essentially saying here, I hunger for you, O God, the way a, a, a deer will pant after the brook. Why would the deer pant after the brook? The deer pants after the brook because the deer was thirsty and needed to, be, to, to have his, his thirst to be quenched. The same way now you might have thirstiness in your soul. Not, I'm not talking of you needing a, a natural water. I'm talking of a hunger, a desire. You're looking for breakthroughs one way or the other. And God says to you, come to the brook. Come to the brook and drink of my water. Come to the brook and drink of my water so I can quench your thirst. David went to the brook. He went to the brook to go and meditate, to go and contemplate. The brook is a place where you go in and meditate on what God has done for you in the past. When you face a Goliath moment, God asked me to tell you, don't panic and run into terror. Take a moment back, the journey of life. Look at how God has brought you past in the past. Let in your heart, let a picture of contemplation, of quiet contemplation and meditation of, on the goodness of God fill your heart at that point in time. The brook is a place of contemplation, a place of calmness, a place where you are shielded from the terror of the outside world, from the commotion and the noise of the outside world. Praise God. God wants you to leave the arena of fear and step into the calmness of his brook. The best thing to do when you face a Goliath moment is to do what? Is to go into contemplative meditation. In that state, the answer will be given to you. Now, what did David do when he got to the brook? The Bible said he picked five smooth stones. Five smooth stones. Why five stones? Well, the number of grace is five. The stone there is actually the person of Jesus Christ, which I'm going to show you in a moment. All right? But let me go back here to the brook. In the brook is a place of quietness. When you face a glare moment, the worst thing you can do is to start to panic and fret because in that way you cannot experience God. 
you cannot experience God the way he wants to be experienced. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 46 verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. If you look at that scripture, he's saying, it is when you when you are still when you are quiet in your spirit that's when you are going to experience me as god you know the word know is ginosko i've spoken about know as ginosko which means to know by experience which means if you really want to know god by experience it's got to be in a state of quietness if you're always running around not having time to quieten down your spirit to actually meditate and hear god you will not get the instruction you need for the breakthrough that you need god is asking me to tell you that be still and know that i am god be still and know that god when you are still in the presence of god then you can experience the instruction that he wants to give you to allow you to break through in that situation praise god forevermore so david took five stones Five is the number of grace. So the stones that David took from the brook in the place of contemplation is a stone that is laden with the grace of God. Grace enwrapped these stones. These are not ordinary stones. These are stones that signify the grace of God. The grace of God there is the power of God that empowers you to do that which you cannot do by your own self. Grace is the power of God actively working in us to help us to do that which we cannot do by ourselves. Grace, therefore, is an enabler. Grace is an enabler. Under the new covenant, as a new covenant believer, you must realize that you have the grace of God already at work for you and in you. And that grace of God at work in you what is an enabler. In, in fact, Titus chapter 2, I believe in verse, 4, 14, verse, verse 10 to verse 14 says that the grace of God that brought salvation that has appeared unto all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness. Teaching us to deny what? Ungodliness. So, grace is not a license for sin. Grace is an enabler that empowers you to live the life that God has ordained for you. So, as David was picking the stones from the brook, I could just imagine this. The picture that the Lord showed me as I was studying this was this. As he was picking the stones from the brook, it was in this place of the brook, he has a shepherd's staff in his hand. And he was picking the stones from the brook. He, is, he was reminded of the supernatural grace of God that is at work. He was reminded of the supernatural grace of God that is at work. That these are not ordinary stones. These are stones that is laden with the grace of God. But I want to show you something about this stone. The stone actually is a person of Jesus Christ. You know, in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 11, Acts chapter 4 verse 11, the Bible says, This Jesus is the stone that you the builders have rejected and now he has become the cornerstone this jesus is the stone the bible says jesus christ is a stone in first peter chapter 2 verse 7 in the kjv translation he says unto you therefore which believe he is precious but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed the same is made the head of the corner the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the stone and that if you believe in him, Jesus Christ is therefore precious to you. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, in the Passion Translation, this is what it says. It says, as believers, you know his great worth. Indeed, his preciousness is imparted to you. The preciousness of Jesus Christ is imparted to you. But for those, for those who do not believe, the stone, the stone, the stone that the builders rejected and discarded has now become the cornerstone. 
what does that mean this verse means that all that the all that jesus christ is before the father has now been transferred into your account now you and i stand before the father in the preciousness of jesus i'll say that again you stand before the father god today in the preciousness of jesus you are as precious to god the father as jesus christ is that blessed me so much have you ever considered yourself being that precious to god that god loves you the same way he loves jesus this scripture of first Peter 2 7 says christ is the cornerstone and because he's been impacted to you because you are now united together with christ you are as precious to god as jesus christ himself is praise god forevermore you know let me ask you a quick an exercise to so do an exercise quickly here what do you think is precious to you right now think about that think about that right now where you are what is the one thing in your life that you consider to be so precious that if you were to lose that thing you, it's almost like losing your life what's that one thing that's precious to you now think of the way that thing that is precious to you as makes you feel right now how does it make you feel not that in your mind now i want you to do something think about think, think about doing this if you can't the way that thing makes you feel, multiply that by infinity. That is the way you are precious to God. Can you see that? How does that make you feel to know that the God of the universe consider you to be very, very precious to him? I say to you, you are precious to God. You are precious in his sight. Praise God forevermore. So Isaiah chapter 28, Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16 says, this is what the Lord God says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone a sure foundation the one who believes will never be shaken so we've we've agreed and we've shown now that in book of acts it says jesus christ is stone now the bible says those who believe in the stone will never be shaken god is saying to you you will never be shaken there might be all prayer going on in the world if you believe in this stone jesus you will never be shaken praise god forevermore if you believe in the stone jesus christ as the stone you will never be shaken so david as he picked the stones he is reminded that the stone is a metaphor for jesus and now what does jesus christ bring people <laughs> the bible says in J john chapter 1 verse 17 the bible says for the law was given by moses but grace and truth came through jesus christ so as he's speaking the stones is reminded that the stones are metaphors for jesus the person of jesus christ but it's also reminded that jesus christ what brought what grace and truth grace is the enabler i've spoken about that before is the power of god that's making you to do what you cannot do by yourself but what about truth Truth is the weapon to overcome the lies. So now, when the enemy comes against you, you are about to arise and go over this Jordan, and the voice starts to tell you, you cannot do it. Remember the truth you say, my God is able to do it. Greater is he who lives in me than he who is in the world. As you vocalize these words out of your mouth, as you vocalize the truth of what God has said out of your mouth, brothers and sisters, I am telling you the truth. Something is going to begin to happen because the only way, the only weapon that overcomes the lies and the deception of the world is the truth of the word of God. I share recently in the Bible study, I said that God told me that the word, W-O-R, the word of God, and the world, W-O-R-L-D, the word system, that the only thing different between the word and the world 
is the letter L. And that letter L stands for what? Lies. Lies. People, the only weapon that you have against the lie of the enemy is the truth of the word of God. So as you vocalize the truth of the word of God, remember, not your own words, the truth of the word of God. What God says about the situation, the lie of the enemy will begin to fall apart like a pack of cards. Father, I just want to thank you for the truth that you have given us. I just want to thank you, Almighty God, for the truth that sets free the truth that liberates. I thank you, Almighty God, that you have chosen the weapon of truth to overcome the lies of the enemy. Praise God forevermore. So as David picked up the stones, he's reminded that the stones represent represented Jesus. He's also reminded that this Jesus brings what? A truth and then grace. Now, as he slings the stone, one of the stones, just one, slings the stone across to Goliath something powerful begin to happen he has a consciousness that he is throwing jesus out like a weapon against the force of darkness uh, he's throwing jesus christ out like a weapon against the force of darkness as he slings the stone across the the bible says the stone now the stone now hit goliath right here in his forehead and the the grace of God, the power, the enabler of God brought the head of Goliath and slammed it right down in front. Praise God. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that as you embrace the truth revealed here, that the truth of the word of God will fight for you. As you use the word of God as a weapon coming out of your mouth, it will scatter the work of the enemy. It will build up faith in you. It will cause you to possess the possession that God has in store for you in the name of Jesus. How do you make this to work for you? When you face a glad moment, people, go into a meditative state. Go back into your room, shut the door. Go into your heart and meditate the truth of what the word of God has said to you about that situation. As you do that, I, I tell you what's going to happen. You will receive the word from the Lord that will give you instruction on what to do at that point in time. And as you take the instructions, I can tell you, act on the instructions. I can tell you for, for a fact, you are going to begin to have victories based on what the word of God says. The word of God can never fail. Praise God forevermore. This process of taking a step away from, from, from the... Um, the uproar, the terror, and the noise into a place of meditation, quietly meditating and contemplating the truth of the word of God in light of what you are believing God for and then saying those words out of your mouth is very, very crucial for you to break through. Listen, people of God, the stones that David had in size are actually quite small compared to the sword, the spear, and the shield that Goliath had. But one thing that we are assured of is the diminutive nature of the weapon of David shows us that the power that brought Goliath down was not the size of the weapon, but the God of the weapon. Praise God. The tools that you may have right now may be small compared to the, what the world system has. But let me tell you, the power of God at work in your life is powerful to bring down strongholds. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says, But God chooses the, 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 the God chose God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose 
the just chose the pony and the powerless to shame the high and mighty. Second Corinthians chapter four verse seven says, "But we have this treasure in earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God, but not of us." What am I saying here? I'm saying if you can relate rely on the weapon of God that He has given you, and not depend on your own abilities, God is able to do mighty things with that which He has given you. Praise God forevermore. So, as we begin to round up, a couple of things I want to say quickly here is this: we can see that the sling. And the stone and the scrip and the shepherd's staff, those are the things that David had. But Goliath had what? The sword, the spear, and the, and the shield. But I'm so grateful here that the sling overpowers the sword, the stone overpowers the spear, the scrip and the shepherd's staff overpower the shield. In this amazing story of David killing Goliath, we see God's grace at work, even on our behalf. As we take on the name Jehovah Sabaoth, and as we invoke the power of that name, remembering the covenant that he keeps based on his name, and as we stake the stone that represented the person of Jesus Christ, with the enabling power of grace that's at work in our lives and we throw these stones out of our mouth like the word of god it will begin to work for us when you face a Goliath moment people precious precious people of god don't panic go away from the noise and enter into in your heart to meditate on the promises of god concerning that situation as you meditate you will come face to face with the grace of god his grace will empower you based on the instruction you are given in that instance march forward purposefully towards a challenge and say what god says about the situation don't say what the enemy says don't say what the doctors say don't say what uh, the the uh, the bankers said don't say what even the school teacher said about your child say what god says about your child praise god forevermore so i want you to know that the word of god coming from your mouth is exactly the same stone that David threw or slung over at Goliath that brought Goliath down. That stone is no other person than the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we make this work for us? Let's look at what happened in verse 50. In verse 50, the Bible says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him but there was no sword in the hand of David. The Bible here says there was no sword in the hand of David. Why did the Bible write that? Why did the Bible write categorically that there was no sword in the hand of David? It is because the Bible wants us to know categorically that this victory was not won by virtue of human understanding or human weaponry. That this battle was won by the power of the Most High God. Now, what weapon? does David have that actually overcame the enemy? Well, there's a, a different kind of sword that he had. It's called the sword of the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that is a mightier sword to wield. Actually, when David began to say, I will do this in the name of the Lord, I will do this in the name of the Lord, those were the words 
that already saturated the environment the whole of that valley where they met the words came in, the words coming out from the from the mouth of david the words of the glory of god of the promises of god of the faithfulness of god already saturated the whole atmosphere supercharged the whole atmosphere in readiness for the stone to be thrown so when the stone was thrown the stone went through the conduit of the word and became a supercharged uh, force or weapon in the hand of david to kill the goliath and, and brought his face down to the earth in a, in a, in a state of worship david, the goliath actually fell down flat like he's worshiping the almighty god the mighty weapon that we have brothers and sisters is what i call the the sword of the spirit which is the word of god hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. The word of God becomes double-edged though as you use the word of God and speak it out of your mouth. The word of God might be uh, a sword, but unless you say it out of your mouth, it doesn't become a double-edged sword. Here is a truth that will help you as we round up. God himself is keen to walk through you. He just needs you as a medium to bless other people you know when god came to abraham god said i will bless you so that you can be a blessing as you arise to go across this jordan in the direction that god has called you to go to let me let you know something fundamental here that the goals and the destiny and the purpose which god has called you into that god actually desires to manifest himself to the world around you using your gifts and your talent to let the world know that he is a good God. So the question that is left now is will you cooperate with God? Can God do his work through you? Can God do his work through you? Can your hands be the hands of God? Can your feet be the feet of God? Can your talent be the talent that God will use to touch those who, are, who do not know him? Will you want to consider that today? I said earlier that when God told Joshua in verse 6, Joshua chapter 1 verse 6, that he is going to be the one to take the people across to the other side, God used those words to build courage in the heart of Joshua. It is not possible to be courageous when we don't have hope. The words of God that comes to us, the words of God that come to us, we always build hope in us. And once we have hope working in us, we can be courageous to take over what God has planned for us. If you have received a word from the Lord, I want you to know those words will, will paint pictures of hope in your mind. And then when you know that those pictures, the, the words are paint pictures of hope in your mind, what do you think God expected to do? God expected to stand up and walk towards hope. God expected to stand up and do what? Walk towards the hope that you have been shown in your heart. Don't see that and say, oh, I don't want to do it. The picture has already been painted. Now walk towards hope. Don't procrastinate. Walk towards hope. Walk away from fear. Walk towards hope. Keep putting the pictures of that hope in front of you all of the time. Because what you behold is what you become. Praise God forevermore. So as I round up, here are three exercises that I think you can do today to build courage. Number one. Take that issue that is bothering you, take it, and now take that issue and put that issue beside the bigness of our God. Look at how small they look now. 
Look at how small they look now. When you compare them to the power of God that's already at work in your life, look at how small that 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 issue becomes now. Now, when you see the issue become so small because God has been made magnified and become bigger in your heart, you see that courage will come for you. Praise God. The second ex- exercise that you can do today is I want you to get a blank sheet of paper and write down the goal that you want to achieve this year that if at all you have not made a start on or if at all you have said it's not going to happen. Now, right now in your mind's eye, I want you to see and project those things into the future and see yourself living in the future, enjoying the goal, seeing the goal come to reality. Now, I want you to hear the voice of the Lord that says to you, for you shall receive that which you have seen in your mind. Hear the voice of the Lord telling you in your mind side that you are going to get receive that which you have in your mind. Based on the voice of hope that God has told you, decisively now start making plans and walk, walk towards the goal that you have, you, have, you have desired to achieve in the first place. And finally, take your goal, that which seems impossible. Ask this simple question. Ask yourself this simple question. What if I cannot fail? because God has given me the green light. The answer you get from that essentially means you will get a boost of hope and courage that will then make means that you can begin to take the decisive step towards the place that God has ordained for you. Praise God. Now, I want to give you an opportunity to be able to, uh, for me to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If, for example, this year you've set out to do a number of things and you have not even started you are a bit terrified and petrified because you think it is too late you cannot do it you have you don't have the resources but over this past four five weeks that we've been teaching this god has been building pictures of hope in your heart i want to pray with you you know that those, those goals will receive resur- resurrection today in the name of jesus let us pray almighty god i pray for your children i pray for those of them who know Almighty god that even this year it seemed like nothing has happened six months is already going and they may have goals that they haven't even moved yet lord i pray for them today lord that through this teaching as they put this teaching to practice in their lives as they paint pictures of hope in their own heart as they focus on the promises of god as they see you as the stone that put on the heads of goliath that almighty god these ones will begin to take actions now i pray almighty god that doors will begin to open for them that almighty god there will be acceleration that these goals will come to light and come to life in the name of jesus thank you for the work that you are doing in them and that you are doing for them lord we give you praise in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you very much. For those of you, if, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I just want to pray for you. If you want, if you don't know this stone of grace, the stone of grace that brought down the head of Goliath, I don't give you an opportunity that that person, that stone is the person of Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. All right. Praise God. Now, what you just need to do is believe in your heart that Christ died for you and confess with your mouth that is your savior when you do that the bible says you are going to be saved so i'm going to pray with you now so repeat after me say dear lord jesus i come to you in the name of jesus i thank you that you died for me i thank you that you paid for my sin now i am born again because i gave my life to jesus thank you for having me in jesus name we pray now the bible says if you believe in your heart and say that with your mouth Bible says you are now a child of God. I'm so happy to have you as my family. On the screen, you will see a link to where you can download a resource that we have created for you that will begin to show you how you can take on the journey of the walk with the Lord. God bless you and I'll speak to you another time.
Hello, I hope that message has been a blessing to you as it has been for me. When the Lord showed me about the stones of grace that brought the head of Goliath down, I was so excited for it. And I just couldn't wait to just share that with you. Praise God. Now, I hope you're going to put that to use in your own personal lives. And I hope that will, I, I trust God that that will change your life as you put that to use. Remember, you are not helpless. God is for you and God is in you. And God is working on your behalf. Jehovah Sabaoth himself is for you. Praise God. Now, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, share your love gift with the ministry. If God has laid in your heart that you should share with us or share with the ministry uh, what you know the gift that God has given you, please, you will see on the screen here how you can give to the ministry. Uh, just take the, the, the uh, QR code and you know follow the prompt and the Lord bless you as you do that. All right. Now, as we go, I'm going to pray release prayer for you for the week. And the Lord bless you as you, you know, encourage yourself in the Lord. The Lord bless you as you embrace the gift of grace. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you because even though you are the stone that the builder rejected, you have become the cornerstone. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the cornerstone of our lives. You have built us up. You have built us up as your living stones. So therefore, as your children go out this week, I release over their lives the power of grace to walk in their favor in the name of Jesus. We use the same stone that's beating us up. We scatter the work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. This once almighty God will thrive in life. They will grow in grace and grow in the power of his might. Thank you Heavenly Father. We love you. We give you praise. In Jesus name we pray. This is a great week for you. This is a wonderful week for you. This is a week that is laden with the hope of the good things that God has in store for you. Go and shine this week and remember you are blessed and highly favored. I will speak to you another time. God bless you. Bye-bye. You hear me when I call You are my morning song Though darkness fills the night It cannot hide the light Who shall I the enemy underneath my feet you are my sword and shield though troubles linger still whom shall